morning. It is Monday, May 24th. You are listening to the College Football Daily. My name is Lance Glenn. Trey will be back tomorrow. I hope everyone had a fun weekend. If you're in New Jersey like I am, I hope you enjoyed the close to 90 degree days on both Saturday and Sunday. I know I certainly did. As you guys know, we are attempting to hit every Power 5 school and a few group of five schools this offseason here on the College Football Daily. We are just over halfway there. And in case you missed your favorite team, don't worry. We have them all on Spotify for you. Just go to Spotify, search for the playlist across the country with the College Football Daily, and find every single team preview episode we have done so far. I am very excited to continue marching towards our goal today as we talk about Colorado. Joining me to discuss the Buffaloes is the publisher of 24-7 Sports, BuffStampede.com, Adam Munster Tiger. Adam, thanks so much for joining me and spending some time to talk Colorado today. Of course, Lance, I appreciate you for having me on. So, Adam, let's start with Carl Durrell. Look, he came into a a pretty tough situation last February. Mel Tucker takes the Michigan State job February 12th. Durrell gets hired February 23rd. COVID then obviously hits a few weeks later. Quite a first few weeks, I think you'd agree, for a head coach at a new program. But how impressive was the job that he did in year one, considering so much of the offseason was spent doing things virtually, and there was so much back and forth, frankly, on whether the conference would even play? Yeah, no, you have to be really impressed with what he did. You, you mentioned some of the, you know, the issues he had timing wise. Usually, you know, you go through a coaching transition in late December and, you know, you're able to have some input into the recruiting class. It's going to be a transition class and kind of ease into spring ball. And Carl Drell didn't have a chance to do any of that. You know, the odds maker set the over under for Colorado's win total with the Pac-12's abbreviated seven game schedule, one and a half wins. So it only took them two weeks into the season to, to go <laughs> over that total. There were some breaks in there. The game against USC was canceled. Their game against Arizona State was canceled. And, you know, we saw late in the season when they had to play Utah and they had to play Texas in the Alamo Bowl, they got exposed a little bit. So their four and two kind of comes with a little bit of an asterisk, but hey, you can only play who, who they put in front of you. It's not like Colorado had any COVID issues. The the cancellation of the Arizona State and USC games were, were issues on the other sidelines. So it was impressive. But then again, at the end of the season, when Nate Lamon went down midway through the Utah game with a, a torn Achilles, uh, it was kind of like the partying of the Red Seed with their defense. And so they had a lot they had to address, and they've done some of that with the transfer portal this offseason. So it was a really encouraging start that again doing stuff virtually until you're you're thrown into a preseason camp where he doesn't know the personnel he, he really doesn't and he's leaning on some of the assistants he retained but as the head coach he just really didn't have a great feel for this team and you're having having to get ready for a team dealing with the pandemic canceled games and yet they still found a way to win four games so you have to be encouraged with that again though end of the season it was exposed and so this program still has a ways to go so look, quarterback is a position that's up in the air right now for the Buffaloes. Sam Neuer, who started all six games, he was out during spring with a shoulder injury. So basically battling it out during the spring were freshman Brendan Lewis and Tennessee transfer JT Shrout. How did the competition play out over the course of spring practice? What's the expectation for when Neuer can join it? And who do you think right now has a leg up to win that starting job? Yeah, Sam Neuer was able to do some light throwing earlier this month. They're expecting him to be fully back in the mix by the time camp starts. And yeah, it's not often that somebody that earns second team all-conference honors as a returning quarterback uh, might not be the the front runner to win the job. That's just the way it is because Brendan Lewis came in the Alamo Bowl when Sam Norrie was struggling and engineered nine drives and did a lot better of moving the team against that Texas team in the Alamo Bowl. He was a highly regarded recruit coming out of high school. He played in a ton of football games, ton of big football games at Melissa High School. And so He's got uh, dual threat capabilities and a lot of talent, but JT Trout, who you mentioned, comes in from Tennessee. And this spring, he showed 
that he's got top level arm talent. That's something that when he transferred in, I, you know, I was talking to people that covered him out at Tennessee and they talked about, Hey, it wasn't his arm talent. That was the issue. Sometimes he had decision-making issues when he was with the volunteers. And that's why he, he never got a chance to start a lot of games out there, but he's definitely in the mix. It would be, if you're putting odds on it right now, it, it's got to be pretty even between those three. I might give a slight edge to Brennan Lewis. And you also have to factor in here. Okay. Sam Neuer is a sixth year senior. And if things are close between him and Brendan Lewis or JT Shrout, you probably have to go with Brendan Lewis, the freshman or JT Shrout, the sophomore, just because, Hey, they're going to be in this program for a while and you want to kind of build for the future. So I think that's, what's kind of working against Sam Norrie the most is just that, Hey, you want to get a guy in there behind center again, if it's close, that, that's going to be in this program for, for multiple years going forward. Carl Durrell hit the transfer portal really hard this offseason. I think I counted seven guys in total, all seven with power five experience and a large portion expected to make an impact. You have guys like Jack Lamb from Notre Dame at linebacker, Max Ray from Ohio State, Noah Fenske from Iowa on the, on the offensive line, Atonza Wenger from TCU and Robert Barnes from Oklahoma in the secondary. Obviously, we mentioned JT Shrout, Blaine Toll at tight end from Arkansas. Why did Durrell and staff seem to put an extra emphasis on the portal for the 2021 class? And of those guys I mentioned, which of them do you see really playing a big role for Colorado this season? Yeah, well, I, I mentioned that once Nate Lamon went out uh, with one and a half games left in the abbreviated 2020 season, it really exposed their defense. Uh, he was the, the heart and soul of that group, and they really, really struggled. I mean, Texas pretty much could have named their score in that Alamo Bowl. And so most of these guys coming in, aside from Shroud in the offensive lineman are defensive transfers. And so you bring in Robert Barnes. He's a guy that played safety and outside linebacker at Oklahoma, played in some big games. They actually moved him to inside linebacker and he had a really good spring there. What they're trying to do is get better at linebacker in terms of the speed. That was, again, something that was exposed again late last season with Jack Lamb coming in for Notre Dame. It's not a situation where these guys didn't have talent. Obviously, they were all blue chip recruits coming out of high school, but you know they just, just stuck behind really talented guys at their current power five spot. You mentioned Blaine Toll as a, a tight end. He's actually going to play on the defensive line. Again, just trying to kind of bolster every position and, and increase competition on the defensive line. With Max Ray and Noah Fenske coming in as offensive linemen, that's huge because we saw this spring, they were down more than half their scholarship offensive linemen at, at certain points during the spring. And they, they couldn't even really have a traditional spring game because they were down so many guys there. Uh, they had a couple guys that were kind of pushed out after spring ball that entered the transfer portal that just weren't going to play for Colorado. And so Max Ray, a guy that started for Ohio State in the game last year, did well in that one start. And Noah Fenske, a guy that was backing up uh, Remington Trophy finalists last year. So they're, they're just trying to upgrade talent across the board. Those were all areas. If you looked at this roster at the end of last season and said this is where they need an upgrade, uh, these were all spots they needed to do that. So speaking of defense and upgrading it, bringing in a couple transfers, Tyson Summers was let go as defensive coordinator in January, and Carl Durrell stayed in-house and promoted Chris Wilson from defensive line coach to defensive coordinator. How has the defense adjusted to the change, and what will he bring differently running that unit compared to what the Buffs did last year? Yeah, they've been pretty vague. You know, they've talked about how the defense is going to be more player friendly under Chris Wilson. One of the things we heard with Tyson Summers when he was the defensive coordinator for two years at Colorado, one year under Mel Tucker, and then the other year last year under Carl Drill is that it was just a very complex scheme that was very difficult for the players to learn. Obviously, these are college athletes. You only have so many hours a week with them. And so when you had some guys that didn't know their responsibilities, you had to have 
guys like Nate Landman that were leaders directing traffic. And sometimes that took them out of what they were doing best. And so it was kind of a domino effect when you have a couple guys on defense that just don't know what they're doing on a consistent basis. So uh, that's one thing we've heard a lot in terms of scheme. Again, they've been pretty vague. Uh, we saw some different looks in those open scrimmages, but uh, it looks like they're going to be multiple defensively. That's something that Chris Wilson said, hey, you know, you've got to kind of evolve week to week in college football in 2021. You can't say this is our base and we're sticking with it. It just doesn't work that way anymore. So it's a fine line. I, you know, everybody that covers Colorado and all the, the Buffs fans are anxious to see exactly how this is going to look because uh, you can say the right things in, you know, spring ball, but Hey, this is a defense that's struggled, you know, in recent years and has been, was a real weak link at the end of last year. And so we're anxious to see it's, it's one thing to say, okay, we're going to be player friendly and multiple, but how exactly does that look on the field? We're, we're not going to know until they kick off the season. Adam, a couple more from me. Where does Colorado, in your opinion, stand, or I guess rank when compared to the rest of the Pac-12? Look, I don't think they're all the way at the bottom, but I also don't think they're all the way at the top either. And you even mentioned, you know, there were times last year where they got exposed. Where would you have them as you kind of go through the rest of the Pac-12 programs? Yeah, you know, again, I, I mentioned that they didn't play USC and Arizona State last year. And if I was going to make predictions going to those games, I would have picked the Trojans and Sun Devils, obviously. And Utah has been so solid for you know, so many years, pretty much every year since joining the Pac-12. So they're, they're not on that level. They're kind of trying to fight their way out of that bottom half of the Pac-12 South. UCLA showed some signs of getting better under Chip Kelly last year, but Colorado beat them last year. Arizona, you, you got to like what, you know, the, the new staff there is doing. They're, they're creating some excitement, but they've got a long ways to go. So I put Colorado kind of in that fourth or fifth spot. And uh, it is going to be a really tough schedule, unlike last year for them this year, playing Texas A&M non-conference, playing Minnesota non-conference. They're one of only two teams in the Pac-12 that are going to play two power conference opponents in the non-conference. And then they got to start out conference play by playing USC, a program they've never beaten, and then traveling to Arizona in late September. It's still going to be you know around 100 degrees down there. So if they can somehow get through that first early stretch, that, that first half of the season without losing their morale, you know, winning two or three games somehow in, in you know, kind of building that into the second half of the, the, the schedule when it's not quite as difficult, yeah, but it, it's going to be a huge challenge for Carl Durrell. Uh, you like where this is going, but it might not be until 2022 until you really see this, this program take a step forward. But then you look back to 2020 and again, people expected them to win one and a half games and they went four and two. So we'll see, but uh, you got, you have to still temper expectations with this program. So Adam, last one for me, look, the Buffaloes, and you mentioned it right before, the Buffaloes face a much tougher schedule than they did last season. Last year, no Washington, Oregon, or USC. This year, they face all three. They also, as you mentioned, play Texas A&M and Minnesota in the non-conference. The schedule is just a lot more difficult in 2021 than it was in 2020. What are expectations like knowing that they play three of the top teams in the Pac-12 this year, as well as you know two very difficult games against a likely top 10 Texas A&M team and a very solid Minnesota squad as well? Well, the three years before Carl Durrell arrived in Boulder, the Buffs went five and seven each of those seasons. So they were just one win shy of going to a bowl game. You know, I think a six win season, getting to any bowl game, 
given how challenging the schedule is, given that this is really the first full year that Carl Durrell has had with this football team and, and, you know, not trying to coach them virtually. I think that would be a reasonable expectation. Anything more than that is maybe unrealistic. Again, just given how challenging the schedule is, but you really don't want to revert back to those five and seven seasons where you're so close to getting a bowl game, but you don't quite make it there. So I think six is kind of that, that line that you draw in terms of what would be a successful season for this program. You can follow him on Twitter at AdamCM777, the publisher of 24-7 Sports Colorado site, buffstampede.com, Adam Munster Tiger. Adam, appreciate the time. Thanks so much for joining me. Of course, Lance. Thank you. If you like what you hear, make sure to rate, review, and follow us wherever you get your podcast. We put out a new episode every single day. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Lance Glynn. I hope everyone enjoys their Monday. Craig will be back tomorrow for the next edition of the College Football Daily.